Scofflaws is a show about the history of crime, criminals, and the investigation thereof. There may be discussion of adult themes and generally icky stuff. Also, neither host is a legal professional, and this show does not contain any legal advice. Remember, crime doesn't pay. Unless you're really good at it. Hello, and welcome to The Scofflaws, a history of law and disorder. My name is Sean, and joining me once again is my lovely co-host, Kate. Say hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Alright, so Kate, um, I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but we kind of didn't do Art Heist, we just sort of did the Mona Lisa. Okay, that is totally fine. We'll go more into Art Heists at some other point, other specific Art Heists, but... Uh, from what Trey has told me, it was a rather eventful episode. Yes, uh, she talked about the the guy who stole the Mona Lisa by sticking him up his smock, and someone who claimed credit who, and I wonder if this sound effect will still work, masterminded by the Baron of the Vale to Hell. Baron of the, the Veil vale to hell. hell. Yes. Huh. Hey, he picked a good name. He did. That's a pretty solid supervillain name. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so what do we have? Uh, what do we have today? And what one of our fair friends suggested it to us last minute. Uh, well, courtesy of John Keefe, uh, we are going to be talking about. Gun Control in the Old West. And I'm going to preface this by saying this has nothing to do with the topic of gun control in the United States today. We are not remarking on that whatsoever. Uh, this podcast is aims to be neutral, um, even if its hosts uh, have strong opinions one way or the other. That being said, gun control is not a new topic at all. Uh, nope, I can't imagine it is, especially if we're going back to the time that was where that's most iconized. I, I don't even know if that's a word, but I'll roll with it. Um, by by the Smith and Wesson six chamber revolver. Yeah. So um, the gun control debate quote-unquote, um, that we're talking about today, uh, actually got its start in the southern United States. A lot of, uh, a lot of states were passing, and municipalities were passing laws um, banning firearms on the streets. Now, I do have to ask, are we talking about the southern... Are we talking about, like, the United States at that time, or as by a current map? I'm talking about the southeast United States... So it's actually at around the eight, the 1830s, 1840s, which is when all of this, a lot of this started. Um, that's when that was relatively the same as it is today. All right, yeah. Uh, there are some discrepancies, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for example... We haven't moved west yet. We haven't moved west, and Florida Man has yet to gain his weird and amazing superpowers. Exactly. 
there are no uh, records to indicate whether the people involved were for or against gun control. Um, but the lack of um, challenges in state and federal court lead us to believe that it's likely that uh, citizens were pretty okay with it. Yeah, I mean, it's not... I mean, it, you have to put it in the context of when it was, where the the most that you could reasonably expect to be able to fire off at one time from a gun was maybe six bullets. Yeah, and this is even before the revolver took popularity, so it, uh, you would fire one every one to two minutes, depending on how fast your reload time is. Okay, so Kate, there, there's one name for a gun that is probably my favorite name for a gun, and, and I want you to tell me if we're talking about a time from... After it was important to it's important now. Do I have to guess the name of the gun? Uh, no. Uh, the name of the gun is the Arbalist. Or Arbalast. What is that? Um, it's like a it's like an early version of of like I don't want to say rifle because I know rifle means it has the the spirally barrel inside of it, but like mm. an early version of like the long arm gun. Give me ten seconds. <laughs> okay. Do, 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 do. Right, are you talking about, like, a crossbow-looking thing? Uh, I think so. I think it might be kind of crossbowy. It's the one that Wikipedia showed me is that it's a, a, a crossbow. Ah, then modern video games must have lied to me. Arbalest bolt gun? There we go. Google... Nope, that's the power tool. <laughs> All right, then I'm just being dumb. That's fine. Um, Google, friends, it's important. Uh, anyway, uh, so gun control laws kind of made their way out west. Uh, the west was considered quote-unquote lawless. Uh, yes and no. When municipalities began forming is actually when gun laws became more popularized uh, simply because the people who were coming in to form these governments wanted to bring their families and they wanted their families to be safe. So in places like Arizona and Texas and everything like that, you had to, as soon as you entered the town, had to turn your uh, firearm over to a police officer if you were from out of town and um, you'll get like a coat check ticket. <laughs> a gun check ticket. Exactly. Um, but if you lived in the city, you can have a firearm in your home. You just can't bring it to the streets. If if what I know of, like, the time period is at all correct, it's not that lawless meant, like, complete anarchy. No no laws. It just meant there was no no main central governmental presence. It was mostly, like, local law enforcement, like sheriffs and the like, right? Exactly. Um. And the only people that were really against the gun control thing that we may have guessed but not actually have record of may have been cowboys, but that's still spotty. People, like, you could still hunt. You were still allowed to go hunt and bring your gun out on a, a cattle drive, but you just couldn't bring it into a town. And that's why the sheriff's office was usually right at the start of town. Yeah, I, I can still I can imagine even the most rough and tumble cowboy still doesn't want to get shot while they're drinking in the saloon. Exactly, which brings us to our next point. 
people didn't die from gun violence as often as history makes it out to be. Um, so in the mm. old West, at least. So the old West became legend largely due to news reporters who were using the FBI uh, per capita death rates or death toll thing counter. I don't know what it's called. I just know that um, it bases it uh, per 100,000 people. So like, if you only have 2,000 people in your town, that's going to screw the proportion based on the method they use. Also, forgive me, friends, I am not a math person, so statistics and I are not friends. I can tell you the number number of people who died, and that's about it. Yeah, I I know some, uh, some statistics just from day-to-day, and really, I'm honestly a math nerd more than a history nerd, but... Um, if you're working with such a large number like that, then if you're going, if you're looking at anything that's smaller, it's really going to skew what any sort of data that you're getting from it. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, the most violent. So everyone knows about Tombstone and thinks of it as this violent, rough and tumble town in Arizona. And while it was, it wasn't as violent as people think. There was like street violence and stuff, but only five people died from gum violence in its most violent year. Wow, that's that's not a lot. No. And um, just to back it up for like two seconds, <laughs> while you were doing that, I looked up the population of the town I live in, and it's it's just over 38,000 as of 2016. Yeah, so, Tombstone was about 3,000 people. Yeah, yeah. So if you think you live in a small town, this is a small town. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it's still bigger than where I am from. I am from an unincorporated little thing outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin. But, like, most people from Wisconsin can relate to these small town um, sizes. So while laws with, or excuse me, towns with gun control and without were both really dangerous, like, just with menial violence and thievery and such. However, towns without gun control were much more violent, like, death-wise. I got to imagine. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, do, you, do, you have a, do you have an example? Uh, yeah, so the most dangerous town in the Old West was considered to be uh, Bodie, California. Um, Bodie, California. Bodie, California. Uh, in the span of, I think, like, 10 years, 10 to 15 years, there were 45 gun deaths. And this town was only, like, 3,000 people as well. It was labeled by Mark Twain to be, like, this super vicious and, I don't have the direct quote, but, like, super vicious and, um violent town the the murder capital of california basically um and i do believe they enacted gun control i'm not let me you know kate you have google right in front of you let's not have the speculation most of my sourcing today comes from the smithsonian actually huh they did a whole article on this in february so i just jumped off of them um so we're historically topical. Yeah, it's it's topical. Um, also found a lot of 
a lot of uh, rebuttal arguments to this argument, or to this article, which none of them made sense. Uh, so uh, the direct quote from Mark Twain that kind of illustrates how violent it was says that the smoke of, the, of battle almost never clears away completely in Bodie when he was uh, on assignment for the Virginia City Territorial Enterprise. The gun smoke of Bodie was as thick as the smog of L.A. Yeah. So, actually, um, I lied about my data, and it's a little bit more impressive. Between 1877 and 1882, 31 homicides um, were confirmed in Bodie, um, which only had 2,700 residents. Um, It was called a shooter's town uh, by the Sacramento Union, and... If you were a dangerous man anywhere in the country, you'd be called a bad man from Bodie. Oofa. Yeah. Um, 20, I'm sorry, you said it was 35 out of 2,600? 31 out of 2,700. 31 out of 2,700. That's 1% of the population of the town getting shot. Statistics. They actually had no... uh, no gun control laws that I know of. Um, they because they were such a, they were a mining towns, so mining towns often didn't have their own legislation. Well, why would they? Considering that there's probably a lot of coal laying around. I think it was gold, gold mining. I know. I mean, even with gold mining, you have to have like oil and coal around to power the machines that do the mining. True. Very true. Um, but. When you look at the legality, um, down south, they the one one of the very few times that this whole thing was contested um, down south. We're going to rewind a little back. Um, an Alabama court ruled that, um, like, as it was upholding the state ban on firearms, open carry firearms, um, it was ruled that it's a state's right to regulate where and how a citizen should carry, and that the state's constitution's allowance of personal firearms is not to bear arms upon all occasions in all places. Um, so actually, f- fun fact, most of the towns that had the strictest uh, gun control laws in the Old West now have complete unregistered open carry laws. You can carry a firearm in most of these towns without a license. Yeesh. That, mm-hmm. I mean, personally, that's terrifying to me. Just seeing someone walking down the street with, like, a gun out and ready. There's a town in Texas, or I think Texas itself is allowing open carry for swords, too, now. Less scary, more awesome, but still, <laughs> my point stands. Yep. So, as uh, Scofflaws, uh, like we did say... We don't want to make this a debate or an argument. Uh, If you know us personally, you know how we feel. And if you uh, don't know us personally, well, then you don't know how we feel because we're not going to go on air uh, sharing sharing opinions. Um, If you have a comment or if you think we missed something, definitely shoot us an email at uh, scofflawspodcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. Uh, We're more likely to check Facebook, but I get the emails sent to my phone, so I'll also respond to those. Or also, if you have any, (laughs) or if you're like me and you're now picturing Texas as Warring States-era Japan, also send us an email and let me know you're just as crazy as I am. 
Also, if you want to send us fan art of Renaissance people running around Texas, I wouldn't be opposed. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of that, that Samurai Jack episode where he runs into the Scotsman. Have any ideas, laddie? Resign ourselves to becoming soup. <laughs> oh, if I could do a whole episode on the Jacobite Rebellion and how it failed. <laughs> well, someday. Maybe. Uh, if you want to request an episode, uh, definitely shoot us a message on Facebook. If you know us in person, find us in person. Um, because we love taking recommendations. We have a really long list, and we haven't looked at it in a couple weeks because people have just been giving us recommendations as we see them at Bristol. So let us know. Um, also, just your daily reminder, as it is Renaissance Fair season, we are not affiliated with the Bristol Renaissance Fair as Scofflaw's podcast although Sean and I do both work there. Bristol does not sponsor um, us or any of our affiliates or anything like that. That, that, is, that is all very true. However, I do have to admit that I've now started referring to myself as Scofflaw at large at the fair. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> it fits! It's appropriate! I play it a pickpocket! A- I know it's appropriate. <laughs> uh, all right well that was fun it's, it feels uh good to be uh be back in the saddle so to speak with with having you as the other person i'm talking to again kate <laughs> instead of your wife <laughs> well, i talk to her all the time um yeah i should be back more regularly now sorry about that friends i uh had a lot of things going on at once uh so we'll be back up with a facebook presence again soon and, uh, you know, if you subscribe to our podcast, you already know kind of what's going on. So, yep. yep. As usual, um, rate and review us on, on iTunes and, and you know what, actually let's not make it the usual. Um, I'm actually going to make a promise right now. Oh, and I didn't tell Kate about this at all. So this is as much a surprise to her as it's going to be to you guys. Right. If you leave a, a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening to the podcast on, uh, ideally five stars, but either way, screen cap it after you've submitted it, and I can see like the the thing on like the actual like review section, and post that screen cap to the the Facebook page. I will read that on air. Whatever whatever you write, as long as it's not like hateful or just a string of curses, I'll read it. I am all for that. Um, cool. We'll do that. And maybe we'll do funny voices. <laughs> uh, I feel like Pan Oswald in his one, uh, one comedy special. I don't care who I offend in this room of people I invited to be here. <laughs> True. Uh, but yeah, uh, rate and review, um, subscribe, uh, follow us on Facebook, Scofflaws Podcast. Uh, visit our Patreon, Scofflaws Podcast. Be that first lucky donor. And I'll keep saying that until we actually get one. Post it on the Facebook page. Oh, God, I really should. Uh. All right, Scofflaws. I know you are as excited as I am to hear Sean's law for the week. And I would be very excited to give it to you as soon as I find which of these closed-down tabs is the one that has it. <laughs> Uh, At least I was the prepared one today. Well, I had it ready too. It's it's just that we have this program on the laptop that hibernates tabs when they're not being used, so they don't like eat up all the RAM. 
All right, here Useful we go. Useful and stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it hoists me on my own petard sometimes. Hmm. Okay, here we go. I found it again. Okay, this one's out of Minnesota. Fun fact, my cousin lives in Minnesota. Um, hmm. It is illegal to stand around any building without a good reason to be there. <laughs> That's called loitering. Of course it's illegal. <laughs> it is. They, they have it under vagrancy, which I guess is about like six of one, half a dozen of the other. Vagr- yeah, vagrancy, um, we'll do a whole episode on it. I have a lot of information on it, but very quickly, vagrancy is being somewhere where you're not supposed to be. So trespassing falls under vagrancy, loitering does. Um, it comes from uh, England and Europe. So we'll do a whole big episode on that because I've been itching to do one. Okay, and I pulled up the, the text of the law on that one, and the it, it's broken into four sections, and the first two are pretty, like, standard for what you expect for a law that says don't don't hang around in a place where you're not invited to hang around. Uh, the back end of that, the last two, say, a prostitute who loiters on the streets or in public place or in a place open to the public with intent to solicit for immoral purposes counts as loitering. Or number four, is a person who derives support in whole or in part for begging or is a fortune teller or similar imposter? Hey, now. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, there's a law against culture. I, I really want to point out right now that the part that Keith's taking offense to is the fortune telling part. Or at least I really hope. It is. <laughs> All right. Well... There we go. That's uh, That's been Scofflaw's A History of Law and Disorder. Uh, my name is Sean, and uh, thank you again for joining us. And that's it. Say bye, Kate. Bye, Kate. gun I was thinking of earlier was actually the Arquebus. Arquebus. I'm just an idiot. <laughs>